Well, hello there, my little sweepies, my little love muffins from all around the big, the big blue world. This is your hostess, Miss Tiffany Morgan, calling to you live from Kingston, Ontario, Canada, the home of limestone and the home to me, Miss Tiffany Morgan. That's right, sweepies. Have I got a special for you today? Have I got a special? Quite often, uh... Let's just be honest, Miss Tiffany Morgan is a little lazy every now and again, and uh, she forgets that, you know, people want to hear from other points of view and from other voices <laughs> other than Miss Tiffany Morgan. So I had a great opportunity to invite uh, Joyce Hostin uh, to um, a master gardener and also co-founder of Little Forest Kingston. I was able to entice her into uh, doing a little interview, so um, I'll bring that to you in a moment. But as a just a, as a reminder, what is breakfast with Tiffany? Well, it's uh, it's just kind of a casual discussion, you know. Get get the day started, um, thing <laughs> with me, Tiffany Morgan, drag queen, uh, gardener extraordinaire here in Kingston, Ontario. Uh, I've been doing drag, uh, or drag has been doing me for twenty. Well, maybe more than that actually. Now, now that I think about it, is it twenty one years? Anyway, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> however long in Kingston. and uh, But lately, we've been talking a lot more about gardening because I'm a huge gardener, and I love gardening, including growing big tomatoes. We can talk about that later on. But I want to bring on our guest first and foremost because I was like, yeah, let's get a master gardener on this program and talk about, well, I'll leave it to you. Uh, I'll just I'll just hit play, sweet peas. All right. So again, um, before I go though, you are listening to Breakfast with Tiffany with me, Tiffany Morgan, on CFRC one one point nine FM, and also as my podcast on Tiffany.com. That's T Y F F A N I E dot com. So without any further ado, here we go. Well, hello, sweet peas, and welcome to Breakfast with Tiffany with me, Miss Tiffany Morgan. And I have a very special guest with me today. Uh Master Gardener, Rewilder, Designing Change, uh, Joyce Hostin. So welcome to the program, Joyce. Hi, Tiffany. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And thank you so much for, for joining me today. <laughs> uh, very busy schedule, I'm sure, because it's the, you know, the new gardening season is just around the corner. Yeah, a little bit delayed with this uh last cold snap we're worried about some of our fruit trees will it will it nip the buds from some of the fruit trees but we'll see don't say that i have i have some apple trees in the back do you think uh some of the buds were they produced the apples will be the hardiest but i'm worried about the peaches that we planted in the fall and my son's two-year-old peaches so the peaches and the plums i think are more susceptible but we will see yeah, well, hopefully no more deep frost, cross fingers. <laughs> I know, that was a crazy, like a couple of days in March to have that cold. Yeah, the Arctic air, it was just insane. It was just insane. So Joyce, I reached out because I've I've been following the Rito Thousand Islands Master Gardeners, where you have these lovely Zoom kind of meetings every Thursday. Um, and uh, And I saw one of your presentations, and then I also saw... The presentation too that you had made it to the city of Kingston as well, um, and uh, as soon as I bring it up here, planting little forests can Kingston become a city in the forest? So can you share some of that with uh, with our listeners today? 
City in a forest, yes. So our climate is changing and I think everyone, I don't know if anybody doubts that anymore. And so there's, well, there's a couple of things. Our climate is changing. We need to become much more resilient. And so planting little forests isn't about sinking carbon. Planting little forests is about, partly about becoming more adaptable to climate because there's nothing like forests for reducing heat. There's nothing like forests for absorbing the extreme rain events we're gonna have. I think the, the heat events, they're predicting over 35 extreme heat days. And so we need those trees to cool to cool our city is 15, 17 degrees difference between under a tree and uh, on pavement. And so it's a huge difference. But I think an even bigger reason is this land used to be forest. We used to live in forest. And so if you think about what this land once was before, um, before colonization, it was forest, and we've tried to control it, we've tried to tame it, and that hasn't been us very good in treating it that way. And so it's, it's like about welcoming biodiversity back to our city, welcoming back all these other creatures and forming a different relationship to the land. So I see like little forests as being multiple things. It's embracing trees, embracing all the wild beings, and becoming more climate adaptable and uh, you know, I don't know, just welcoming all the creatures back to our city. Even just thinking about that, because I, I know um, I know the city's all bugging some of my neighbors are like, oh, you're on the, the south side of this tree. Why don't you <laughs> get one of the trees? Uh, yeah. there, there's lots of opportunities to get uh, some young trees. Actually, I, I think the city uh, does have some options as well for uh, tree planting. Um, yeah, yeah, they've sold out in their spring, but they're going to have 1,800 more trees in the fall. But one of the things they're looking to do, and they've reached out to to us around it, because one of the things we're working on is climate equity, um, or tree equity, so that in neighborhoods across North America, and Kingston is included in this, trees are by socioeconomic status, the neighborhoods with higher socioeconomic um, income have more trees. And so how do we ensure that we have trees in all neighborhoods across Kingston so that when we get hit with extreme heat or when, when uh, extreme rain comes, everybody has the benefits. And it's not just that. It's, I don't know if you know like, the biodiversity of our, our guts. So just like oh, the flora. <laughs> yeah, our, our, so our cities lack micro you know, biodiversity, and we have a biodiversity crisis in the world right now. But they're actually now thinking there's this there's this new theory called the urban microbiome rewilding hypothesis. And so that hypothesis is that we are lacking the biodiversity in our gut by rewilding our cities by bringing in more of that biodiversity by planting like multi-layered forests or multi-layers of trees that will increase the biodiversity of our gut, which will make us healthier. So they're now thinking that a lot of the, the, the really extreme spike in autoimmune diseases or inflammatory diseases is related to the lack of biodiversity in our guts. So that's another reason, health. 
And, he, and here, I thought I wasn't having enough yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> you, now you just have to go out and eat some soil. <laughs> it's well, right. As, uh, I had a, I had a, one of my kids' uh, friends when they were young said to me, my mom says, you should be spending more time cleaning your house and less time in your garden. And I'm like, now I can say I'm improving my microbiome. Hey, and and there's studies too, like you, just having your hands in the soil and stuff like that. That there's uh, there's yeah. there's an emotional benefit to that. Um, some mm-hmm. say it may be you know, some sort of chemical benefit too, like like you said, the biome perhaps. Yeah. Uh, can you can you tell us more about like like uh, for instance, uh, it, increasing our 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 tree population in the city, for instance, how how that would uh, you know, help against extreme, like, rain sort of thing? So if you think, well, I mean, it, it, if you think about how much gray infrastructure we have, the, it, it hits the concrete, it hits the asphalt, and it goes into our storm sewer system. And when there's extreme rain, it actually gets into our wastewater system. And so we end up with um, sewage going into the rivers. So that's the gray infrastructure side. And so the more or the less of gray infrastructure and the more green, and that would mean with our street trees in um, some cities are starting to treat it as green infrastructure. And so they plant the street trees in a method that the rainwater goes into the tree kind of pits. And so that really reduces flooding. And um, Sorry, what else did you ask now? I'm like blanking here. <laughs> like, like the extreme uh, helps with like the extreme weather conditions. So like yeah, so yeah, that's the extreme. And trees also the amount of so they the leaves slow down the water, and so that and then they hit the soil. They have more time to absorb. And tree roots hold a lot of water, way more than a grass lawn. A grass lawn only holds like you know it just holds a small amount of water. Yeah. A meadow will hold a lot more, trees will hold even more. So for the water, that's the water side of things. Plus they clean the water as they go. And for the heat side, think about the evapotranspiration evapotranspir- the of the leaves. And so if you go under, and you've experienced it, you go under a, a tree when it's really hot out, and you can feel the difference. It's not just the shade. You can feel the cooling effect, or especially if you go in a forest. The more trees, the more cooling you feel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Versus if you're on asphalt or concrete or the cars, the buildings, and all the heat that's being, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm becoming a baked potato if I'm out on the in the middle yeah, of the exactly. street on a sunny day. <laughs> yeah, and if if we want people using active transport, going out and walking, going out and biking, going and waiting for a bus, you need shade. You're not going to be doing that if you're in that 35 plus degree weather on concrete, which is making it feel like 45. So we need trees to cool all along transport all along where we might be actively moving. And that also then gives us ecological corridors where birds and bees and butterflies and all the other insects and creatures could go. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about, like, because 
when I think of the tree, like I didn't even think of my tree as slowing down the water because I have this huge, sorry, first of all, Joyce, <laughs> I have, I have this huge maple outside on, on my, um, on my front lawn there. And, uh, and yeah, when it, it will still be dripping water like an hour after a rainstorm because the water is still coming through the leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting that you should say that. And because we, we think about trees, how they, they do suck up a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of moisture that they, the roots will t- intake and, and pump through the leaves, but they also on the flip side, like help save water because they shade the ground. Mm-hmm. From from like evaporation sort of thing, so it's like it's kind of like a really interesting kind of yeah yeah yeah. So talk talk more about the corridors idea that that you had there because it's it's interesting. I just saw um, I I don't know where it was. I think it was Japan or something. They're building this like. Uh, covered corridor for cyclists, <laughs> so to, mm-hmm. more, to encourage more cycling or something like that. Um, but but if we had just tree-lined streets, so it, it, it did, could you speak a little bit more about that? Well, there's different ways of thinking about corners. You can do corners for humans, and so that's like tree-lined streets or tree-lined active transport routes. Um, but if you start thinking, and little forests are four layers canopy, tall tree, understory tree, shrub. And then as soon as you introduce layers, you radically increase the biodiversity because different creatures, different birds, different insects live in the different layers. And so, you know, some species, they can't, you know, let's say it's like three blocks before the next little patch of greenery they can't go that distance. And so they're stuck in little patches. And so the number of species goes way down. And uh, if we do corridors, then those species, it just it just dramatically increases them because they can move. And they can move from connections to the country, into the city. And so we become less like less it's out there or in the city like urban rural it becomes more urban rural bridge and um, the creatures can go back and forth which i think is ideal so yeah and um streams and and um wetlands so you know streams we've covered a lot of streams my dream would be that we start uncovering some of those streams and restoring them because they're also great for biodiversity or the ones that are left, making sure there's lots of trees along them. And um, there was a student group at Queens, and they did one on the Collins Street. They did a greenway proposal. And just mm-hmm. imagine along some of these creeks and rivers, if we did greenways, that that means a greenway is just um, so that people can also use it. So it has whether it be a walking trail or a bike trail, and it just ensures that you restore or have if you have to get across a road thinking not just how humans would get across that road but how say turtles would get across that road oh, okay yeah yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking like don valley sort of thing where there's like human paths and and the coyotes can still get around. <laughs> yeah 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 and i know some people don't want coyotes but coyotes well, will yeah. be uh, they'll be in cities i mean I've read that the more in the States they've tried to get rid of them, coyotes just breed more. And so you end up with more coyotes. So it's like, okay, you're part of our city. 
Well, we, we've seen foxes in downtown Kingston, you know. Uh, <laughs> they, you know, the, the predators always come when the, the, when the prey is like, move in. The bunnies yeah. move in, the foxes will follow. <laughs> That's right. And we sure have a lot of bunnies right now, so. Um, so Joyce, um, one thing that I did forget to mention at the beginning is that you're one of the co-founders of Little Forest Kingston, um, and, and hence why we're talking Little Forest here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and where can people find more about, um, about you, about the Master Gardeners? Um, so Master Gardeners, we have Reno Thousand Islands Master Gardeners, which is a mouthful, but if you Google Kingston Master Gardeners, you'll find our website. And there is a page on the Master Gardener website for Luma Forests right now. We are, and there is a Facebook group. So if you Google Luma Forest, you'll get a Facebook group. We are launching a website probably next month. So pretty soon you'll have littleforests.org. So it's not going to be Little Forest Kingston. Well, that will be one of the ways to get to it, but littleforests.org. So that is launching soon. Um, and then we have a newsletter that goes out every second week. So if you go and sign up for the newsletter on um, the Master Gardener website, then you'll find out about our meetings and what's, what, what we're doing this year. Awesome. And and like I said, I, I enjoy those sessions. <laughs> uh, logging, <laughs> logging into Zoom and in and because different topics every week sort of thing. So uh, so definitely do check that out. Um, yeah, and there's, there's actually two different, so I should say. There's the Master Gardener's weekly Zoom meeting, and so that's Thursdays at 1. And you can subscribe to the Master Gardener newsletter. And then there's Little Forest, which is every second week. That's a separate newsletter. And we've been having bi-weekly meetings with the bi-weekly newsletter, but I think for summer we're going into bi-weekly forest walks. Oh! Yeah. Okay, see. I learned something new too. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be doing some educational stuff because we have, um, we'll be, uh, we have our little forest we planted last year, um, three little forest, 1800 seedlings. We'll be taking off the protection. And so we'll have some work to do around that. Um, we have blue orchard mason pea houses we'll be putting up. And then in the fall, we're planting um, Little Forest and Howe Island, Wolf Island, and uh, Addictions and Mental Health Services on Lion Street. So we have a lot going on this year again. Wow, that is a lot. So <laughs> I'm assuming you're looking for some volunteers then too. So. Yeah, yeah. We're always happy to have volunteers. And uh, yeah, not just for the physical side of things, but for, we're looking at city policy. That's one of our focus areas. We're looking at uh, neighborhood climate assessment um, mapping, working with high school students. We need a treasure. So if anybody likes finance and wants to help out. I, I'm sorry. I'm laughing now because I'm like, this This is like every organization I've been a part of. No one wants to touch the money. <laughs> Well, it's, it's not the money. I love those they, people who do. Yeah. They, they like to touch the money, but they're just doing the numbers in the books. <laughs> yeah. I really value, you know, that's what makes, I think, any any group strongest when you have all these different people that and everyone likes to do different things and you appreciate everybody for the fact that, you know, we all like different things. 
Well, Joyce, I want to thank you so much for being on Breakfast with Tiffany. <laughs> so much uh, for taking your time, a time out of your day to, to join us today. Oh, sorry. I even totally forgot the, to ask you a gardening question. A gar- I... <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I've asked some of my listeners if they had a gardening question. Um, and one of the questions, and I just want to, I did answer them, but I, I kind of want to get your opinion on it too. Uh, so uh, they've been fighting uh, wild onions or wild garlic uh, for a few years now. And they, uh, they say that they sprout in March. Uh, so last year they uh, tried taking out the soil, putting in new soil, covering it with newspapers and mulch. So they're, you know, definitely going the organic kind of route. Uh, but this year already, the onions are going up through the uh, newspaper and the mulch. What can they do? Okay. Well, I just want to first say it's not wild garlic. That is actual wild. That is our native wild garlic. So I think this is an invasive form that you're talking about. And uh, because if it was our native one, I'd say just welcome it and embrace it and say hello. Um, I actually don't usually, wouldn't usually recommend removing soil. I know you said they did that last year because um, you really, the soil that's there is usually this, it's just embrace the soil that you have. And uh, if these are bulbs, like the mulching, it will take more than a year if you're gonna mulch them with the cardboard. So yeah, cardboard is great. And wood chips on top, I love the arborist wood chips. And uh, patience. So. Okay, okay. Over the year because they're bulbs. Yes, yes, that's, that's, that's what I said too, because I'm like, if if it's a big old fat bulb in the ground, it's it's got a lot of energy and it can push through. <laughs> so just give yeah. it time, just give it time. You just keep, you know, doing what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, I, I mean, I would put, like, I'm really, you can even do two layers of cardboard. I would add, I, I like lots of wood chips. I do six six inches of wood chips. I don't know if I'd come up through six inches of wood chips. And not the not the um, stuff that you go buy, but the arborist wood chips, when you see somebody going and cutting down trees and chipping that, that's actually the best amendment for your garden. Um, and uh, it's actually the one that most repels things like seeds and things from coming in. And then the other thing is like, if you, I don't know how big the space is, just going and pulling off the tops as they come out, that would also weaken it. But if there's a ton of it, that would take a while and you have to do it multiple times. And so that's also patience and time and a lot more work. The organic way, it, it may be the right way, but it can be time consuming. <laughs> you know, just just once you find them, just make sure to, to take them out and, and don't let them go to seed. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, alliums, all alliums, I think, seed pretty well. So, uh, yeah. All right, Joyce. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Tiffany. I really enjoyed myself. Great. Thank you. Until next time. Okay, bye-bye. Well, Sweepies, that was uh, that was my interview with Joyce Austin. Um, 
uh, from Master Gardener Rewilder <laughs> uh, from the Thousand uh, Sorry Rito Thousand Islands Master Gardeners, also uh, co-founder of Little Forest Kingston, and uh, we got to talk about uh, Little Forest and and uh, you know building uh, corridors, wildlife corridors, sort of thing. Um, uh, yeah, really, really, really exciting stuff. We actually chatted a little bit more after that. Just you know, we're just because we're two gardeners. When you get two gardeners into a room, they're always going to be talking about something. <laughs> they're always going to be talking about something. They're just going to be like, "Hey, how's your garden doing?" I don't know. How's your garden doing? You know, sort of thing. So, um, uh, amazing, amazing, amazing. And like she said. Um, if you, um, uh, they do have uh, online sessions and stuff. There's going to be something uh, uh, Thursday. If you're listening to this on Save for Seed, today's Thursday, <laughs> so um, you may ha- you may be missing this week's. But uh, they do have something on Zoom every week, sort of thing. And uh, and yeah, like they said, looking for volunteers. And and goodness sakes, yeah, if you are okay, if you feel comfortable writing down numbers and spreadsheets and writing down numbers and reports and stuff like that, you could be a treasurer. (laughs) You could be a treasurer. And I know so many organizations who would love a treasurer because no one wants to do That's a lot of, it's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of paperwork, sweet peas. Uh, But uh, yeah, lots of, lots of organizations would love a volunteer treasurer out there. Goodness sakes. Uh, Like I said, people like to touch the money. They don't want to, you know, record the ins and outs and get the receipts and you know balance this and balance that sort of thing so uh yeah you are listening to breakfast with tiffany with me miss tiffany morgan on cfrc 101.9 fm but also on uh tiffany.com so that's t-y-f-f-a-n-i-e.com and uh and sweepies uh like i said a on tiffany.com you can you can find my podcast you can also find events that I'm going to be doing, like drag shows that I'm in. I post them on Tiffany.com. Um, and also uh, articles about, you know, the Grow With Me sort of thing. So every year, uh, well, for the last two years, I have a little Grow With Me Facebook group where we share our growing journey, uh, you know, growing vegetables and stuff from seed, even flowers, even flowers and stuff like that. So uh, we, you know, we join the group, we post the photos, we talk about things, uh, we have some of our um, our members of the Grow With Me group. They're, they're already, you know, full-on started. I have started my tomatoes uh, because on top of all this, <laughs> on top of all this, I challenged HGTV, CityLine TV, a TV personality, radio host, Gardner himself. I challenged Carson Arthur, Carson Arthur here in Canada, uh, to a tomato growing contest. So I challenged him. And you can find information about that. Because you can join in. You can join into the tomato growing contest with us as well. On Tiffany. Uh, so more information on Tiffany.com. That's T-Y-F-F-A-N-I-E dot com. So, so yeah. I've already got some tomato seedlings and stuff. You know. Follow me on my socials. And I post them. I'm like. Ooh. These are big. It's big tomato energy. I can feel it. I can feel it. I'm going, I'm going to win this challenge between me and Carson Arthur. I am going to win it. I know it. I know it. Um, but yeah, participate with us. Join in with uh, It's going to be lots of fun. It's going to be lots of fun. 
<laughs> but I do want to take a, 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 and talk about upcoming shows. So if we go to dragshow.ca, that's dragshow.ca, and a lot of you do, um, I just want to quickly mention that uh, this Friday is uh, Mother Knows Best. It's a drag show at Four Points Sheridan, 7 p.m. That's this Friday, April 1. Uh, and uh, if you uh, tickets are available online right now, I'll be there. Uh, tickets are available online, but if there are seats left over, they will be sold at the door. But I would never chance that. Buy your tickets now. And then there's another Mother Knows Best in Peterborough on the 2nd. And the open stage is happening on April 6th. Uh, that's a Wednesday, 8 p.m. at the Grad Club. And it's a really reasonable price on a Wednesday night. I think it's like $5 at the door. But go to dragshow.ca for more information. I gotta go, sweepies. I gotta go. So I give you my love. Mwah! You stay safe now.